The Candid Frame is supported by donations by listeners just like you. Help us to bring you great conversations with great photographers. Support the show today with your monthly contribution through our Patreon effort at patreon.com forward slash The Candid Frame or click on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. Thank you. This episode of The Candid Frame is sponsored by Storyblocks. It's the first and only subscription-based stock media company that offers unlimited downloads of member library content for a modest annual fee of just $149 a year per site, while providing its contributing artists 100% of the sales revenue for their photographs, video, or audio. To find out more, visit storyblocks.com forward slash candid. We also have the support of LinkedIn Learning, the online learning platform for thousands of expert-led video tutorials to help you build your creative, tech, and business skills. For a free 30-day trial, visit linkedin.com forward slash candid and start achieving more today. This is Ibadi and X, and this is The Candid Frame. In my lifetime, I've had a lot of great ideas that I thought were genius. The problem was that with few exceptions, I never acted on a lot of these ideas. Whether it was due to fear, self-doubt, or just laziness, those ideas never saw the light of day. Thankfully, the candid frame wasn't included in that, and the results have not only lasted for over a decade, but have helped change my life. And so, I have a great appreciation for men and women who have an idea, a dream, and manifest it in their lives and the lives of others. Juan Martinez did just that as co-founder of Beer and Cameras, a meetup group for photographers. Though it may have just started as a small event for photographers in San Diego, California, it's quickly growing into unique groups in other U.S. cities, as well as Canada and the U.K., In a time and age when the internet promises virtual connection to people all over the world, beers and cameras proves the lasting value of connecting to others in the real world. All right, Juan, welcome to the Candor Frame. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. Not too far from me down San Diego way. I'm not. But I've uh, yet to meet you in person, so we got to arrange that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take uh, was the one who turned me on to you, and unfortunately, I couldn't make it to that that, that event from uh, a couple of weeks back. But hopefully, we'll be able to remedy that so- that soon. Yeah, it's a it's a pr- pretty small community. You know what fascinates me about beers and cameras is that you know in various times, especially when I was younger, I was always hungry to try and create some sort of community of photographers because I was always eager to be able to sort of talk shop with people, share work. And uh, uh, I found that my my meager attempts at trying to do that were often met with failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm wondering, for you, was you know, the idea between, uh, behind beers and cameras sort of similarly inspired in terms of wanting to have a community for yourself? And since you didn't see it, you just felt like, well, I would just create it myself? Um, you know, 
partially. I, I, I wish I had that much foresight. I think it actually came because um, I enjoyed meeting with friends and talking about it. I guess I just wanted personally have more people to meet with, but I didn't really think about, I was thinking about myself in a way. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I realized that people really enjoyed it, I thought, wait a minute, this is great for the people. You know, this is great for our community in general. But initially, I think I just wanted to hang out more with like-minded folks. So that's kind of the initial idea. Yeah, because f- photographers are notoriously loners, you yeah. know, which can be yeah. kind of difficult to get them around. But I think, uh, you know, probably the beer helps. It does. And I'm surprised how many people come solo and by themselves to these things. Like the first time, they don't know anybody and they come alone. And yeah, and I guess they're kind of loners, but at the same time, they're kind of brave. Because I personally, as out, and I consider myself yeah. fairly outgoing, I wouldn't even do that. I think there's something maybe... The, the the yearning to be part of a community is, is strong enough that even the loners come out by themselves and you try to get over it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm often behind the camera. So I, I yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've gotten better. I'll say that I've gotten better. But I think I always used use the camera to sort of hide behind, and I do that a lot less now because you know I don't feel as nervous or as awkward around people. But you know, it's I think it's something that a lot of us share, though we don't probably readily readily admit it. I, I agree with you 100%. I'm much, yeah, I feel way more comfortable behind the camera and I use it almost as like a shield, yeah. right? So for people who are, you know, who've never heard about BNC, why don't you tell us what is it exactly? So, okay, so BNC, it runs the Beers and Cameras meetups and it's basically a way to build community of creatives and photographers, especially in a city. And it started here in San Diego and we have um, several chapters and we're growing that. And that's the main idea is to build community and bring people together. Tell me about the germ of the idea. How did this sort of come about? It happened via Craigslist. So I'm kind of one of those avid Craigslisters, always trying to get the, you know, the best deal and try to come up on something and try out new equipment. And I met a friend who became a friend. I didn't know him at the time. We met up at a Starbucks, like most people do. And uh, we hit it off. Um, I bought a lens off of him a Zeiss to it lens and we both lived in the same neighborhood so I kind of actually kept in contact and we kept in contact via text message we met up again he bought something off me kind of the way things go and we realized we just like meeting up and talking about cameras and actually at first it started over coffee <laughs> then my wife and I decided to sell our home and we moved to kind of like the craft capital of San Diego or, or one of a trendy place in San Diego that has a lot of breweries so it translated into us meeting up at breweries instead. Um, we have a few, we had a few more friends come, and I think we had like five of us. And one night after the our little meetup, I got home and I oh, I just started an Instagram account and I texted them and said, "Hey, I started this account. Here's the password. Share your photos. I don't know, whatever. Let's just see what happens." Right. And uh, nobody really did anything with it <laughs> except for me. So I just kept post- posting to it. And I'm kind of like one of those optimistic people that think, well, who knows? Let's just try. It's just, yeah. it's my energy and time. I'm not asking any of anybody else to do anything. It's just me. And our next meetup was maybe a month later or maybe a couple weeks later. And we had 12 people and then we had 19 people. And then before I knew it, I was meeting people, you know, a lot of new faces at the meetups. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I like that thing, though, about you sort of, you, you put an idea out there. Not everyone else is into it. You know, you might expect them to, but then you still, you still run with it. And right. I've had plenty of opportunities to do that. And sometimes I've run with it and sometimes I've just let it die. But 
you know, sometimes it's the reality is, is there's nobody who's going to be more passionate about the idea than you are. And sometimes you just have to 100%. run with a ball. Right. And uh, you got to say yes to more doors that open than no to the doors that open, I think. And me saying yes to things that I'm not comfortable with, yeah. I think, has, has helped lead it towards that now. So when did you realize that this was going to turn into more than you sort of had anticipated? At what moment? I don't know if there's an exact moment. That's a good question. Was there like an aha like, or a, a moment that kind of had me floored? You know, one moment was... Uh, for our one-year anniversary, Take agreeing to come out here, actually, Big Head Taco, mm-hmm. Take Keio. That was one of those moments where I thought, wait, you know, this YouTuber that I've watched all his videos and, you know, I I'd, I'd, I'd kind of stalk via YouTube, so to speak, you know, <laughs> yeah. he agreed to come. He saw something in, in, in this brand that he believed in and, and, and wanted to, you know, waste his time to come hang out with us and, and, and meet us. I think that was one of those moments for sure. But yeah, that, but that was at like a year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel that there's, there's a lot of comparisons between what you guys are doing and what I do with, with, with the show, right? It was just like, I had an idea that if I had talked to anybody else, they would have gone, what? Podcast? What are you talking about? Huh? Right. You know? And it was just, I was really clear about what I wanted to do and just figured out how to make it happen, even though there weren't any really examples of anybody creating exactly what I wanted to create. I just went there and just made it happen. And then it just sort of eventually snowballed and turned into more things than I could have anticipated. So when I hear your story, I completely get it. And, yeah. uh, I, and I think it's great because I think that some of the, the best things come out uh, as a result of people just being inspired by something and then just taking the steps to make it happen. Because so many ideas just you know die on the vine. People go, oh, I have this great idea, but then whatever obstacles get in the, you know, that are even temporary, that stops them cold, and all of a right. sudden they just move on to something else. Right. And, I, I think that that's a, that's you're right, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that that's one thing. It's that um, sacrificing of my time and myself to uh, coordinate, coordinate and plan these things in the beginning, yeah. and sticking to it, even if. I had no idea where this was going and it was, you know, definitely not making any money. So this is definitely just a passion project, but actually something you mentioned, you're right. You know, actually one of the first moments, if I could go back, it was probably one of the first times that I had somebody at a meetup that I didn't know before come up to me and then thank me after the meetup. I think as soon as that started happening, which I will tell you it happens almost every time we have Mm -hmm. a meetup, somebody comes and thanks me for it. I think that's when I started realizing, okay, I'm doing something good for the community and that it's more than just about me meeting people. It's about right. people getting to meet people and people are actually appreciating the effort that I'm putting into this. And I could honestly say it happens almost at every, I mean, I say every other meetup, I have somebody just right. thank me and say, this is a great. And what are they thanking you for? You know, uh, it's anything from keeping them inspired because the community kind of brings that out of people, people that are over photography or, or feeling uninspired come to the meetups and they see other people that are so into it and and, and working and in creating beautiful things and doing beautiful stuff it inspires them to continue on and, and that it's not over yet and that maybe it's they need a change of tool you know instead of going from their dslr maybe they need to go back to their film roots a little bit right. and that inspires them and because we do it every two weeks here in san diego it's kind of this constant thing it's almost like a, a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle for me, but I think it kind of becomes a lifestyle for some of the folks that come. So 
you know, when tell me what these events look like. Is there an agenda? Is it pretty informal? Okay, yeah. So it's pretty informal by design, and that may not suit everybody, but I think it suits the community that we're kind of going after. We meet up at a first location, and we're there for two hours roughly. And while we're there, we're enjoying. First, we start off with kind of enjoying the beverages available. Usually, it's a brewery, so we enjoy the beers and we kind of share that and talk and we sit. And then, of course, the cameras—they're you know—they're very much part of this and, and seeing what people are shooting and what lenses they're using and what they're using their I'm going to call it their tool right. to what they're using it for are they using it for wedding photography for portraiture for food photography and kind of getting in, nerding out on the equipment and while you're there too you're taking photos of the establishment taking photos of your your beer your food taking photos of each other shooting and kind of it's I think it's something that a lot of people want to do when they're out with their spouse yeah. that they're too embarrassed to do. They're like at a great <laughs> restaurant and they're like, this is a beautiful bar. I would love to take some candid documentary shots of the bartender or the barista or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they don't do it because they feel embarrassed whipping out the camera. You go to these events and you have 35 people doing the same thing. You're not embarrassed. You feel like you're left out if you're not doing the same thing. Right. So there isn't really an agenda per se. I, I will say that every chapter I encourage it to be different if a chapter if it works better for a chapter in let's say Sacramento to have a little bit of an agenda because that works for their community that's great here in San Diego it's pretty casual and pretty uh, yeah pretty just about networking and meeting people after the two hours are over we do kind of a last call hey we're about to go to the next place we walk over to the next location and do the same thing and then sometimes there's a third location which tends to be like tacos or some sort of <laughs> Late night meal. Yeah. After all that beer, I would hope, <laughs> hope some people get some food in their stomach. Exactly. So who are the kind of people that attend? Are they all enthusiasts, professionals, a mix of the two? I'd say it's definitely a mix. I'd say it's, it's at least in San Diego, because um, that's a beautiful thing. So these chapters across the, the United States are a little bit different from each other. They're all a little bit different. We have a lot of film photographers and I would say enthusiasts. And we do have pros, but the pros tend to not bring their cameras because they're always taking photos. So it's kind of a weird, mm-hmm. you know, you may not think that. And that's for San Diego. We have people in like our Sacramento chapter, a lot of film photographers there. And I guess I would rank them as enthusiasts because not too many of those do it professionally. You don't often get paid to take film photos. In Calgary, we have the camera store sponsored events. And I don't know if you're familiar with the camera store. Yeah, yeah. I follow those guys. Yeah, so that's fantastic. They get at least six, 50 to 60 people easy at a meetup. I've only been to one, and from what I could gather, it's, again, kind of more entry enthusiast folks, Okay, I would say. Yeah, sometimes people, and this is something I'm trying to change, uh, some of the newbies, let's say, they're kind of intimidated by um, the gear that is brought or the fact that I think to get a, somebody who just starts out in photography to, to have their confidence up to a level where they can come to a meetup and feel like they can hang with right. a group, I think that could discourage people that are just getting into it. And I want to change that. And I'm, I'm trying to, there's ways that we have, you know, things that we have in place that we're trying to, trying to do. If there's anything that I've learned when it comes to having a business is this, it's not always the best idea to try and do everything by myself. There are times when it's smart to ask for help or use other resources to get the job done. 
When it comes to producing a video, publishing an article, or multimedia content for clients, it's sometimes a good move to use quality content produced by other creatives. Storyblocks provides just that kind of solution, and it's affordable and provides income for the content creators themselves, whether they're a photographer, a videographer, or illustrator. That's because Storyblocks provides you access to high-resolution photos, vectors, or images that are all royalty-free. And for creators who contribute their work, it's also great because they enjoy 100% of the sales commission. Where else are you going to find that? To find out more, go to storyblocks.com forward slash candid to get all the stock images, video, and audio you can imagine for just $149. That's storyblocks.com slash candid to download anything from thousands of images, video, and tracks, and unlock discounts for millions more. You know, I think in, in this age where everyone is sort of connected via their phones or their computers, you know, you can get a sense that, you know, everybody is, is connected. And somehow I feel that what that does is actually separate people even more. That it creates this distance, this, mm-hmm. this lack of intimacy that, you know, meeting in person is, provides. And it's so much, it's so much better because it just, there's a, there's a level of engagement that happens when you're face to face with someone. And even right. someone you've been talking to on the, on Facebook or on Twitter for however long, there's something that happens when you're just together that I think is, is just wonderful, which is one of the things that I really love about the whole concept that you guys have come up with. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, personally, I'm not a big Facebook fan. And we don't have a huge Facebook page. And there's nothing wrong with having a big Facebook page. But if we were just a meetup that was meeting up via, you know, Facebook, let's say, is basically a really big forum, it's very different than if you take all those same folks and you stick them in a room and have them bring their gear and talk shop or whatever and enjoy a pint. But in person, very different dynamic. Uh, I think it's, it's, you get a lot less conflict that way. Yeah. It's a lot harder to be rude to somebody or a smart ass in person. <laughs> <laughs> so people are more open. And another cool thing, which you touched upon, is we, are, we all are connected. And you uh, will come to the meetups and find out that you are somebody that's sitting across from you, somebody you already follow on Instagram. You just don't know what they look like. Oh, yeah. That happens a lot. And that's really cool to watch because you, you know, those people make a connection now. Like, not only do I follow this person, I met them, I've had a beer with them. They're even cooler than I thought. And now I can talk, talk with them and, you know, get their advice or get some insight on their photography or their art. Yeah. Tell me about your photographic story. Where, where does your interest lie? You're professional, mm-hmm. you're an amateur? Or... So it started, okay, so I first probably picked up a camera in college, snapping photos with a little pocket cam of my friends and I in Vegas and on the dance floor and have a lot of these incriminating <laughs> shots. That's what I have. <laughs> uh, really horrible quality. You know, just it's about this is before camera phones and smartphones were were popular or out. You know, I had a pager, I think, maybe. And so I would document that. Then I it died out, you know, died off. And then I had a daughter. And when I had my daughter, I decided, you know, I should really capture these moments. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up um, off Craigslist uh, my first Sony NEX5, which is a mirrorless camera. And then I kind of I like tech, and I realized these are pretty techy things, you know, and then I just started upgrading from there. And X5 then I sold my five, we got the six, got the X 7 So Sony, I think was the first brand that I, I went to. And then I started just really liking the process of AL photography and I love the gear. 
So I was just kind of in heaven, upgrading my gear and in in trying things out and and trying new new things. But my subject matter has mostly been my family. Oh, okay. Yeah, and- my family and things like yeah, my family, my kids, candid moments, kind of documentary style. No intention to really share it with people. But then as Instagram kind of took off, that was a, an avenue for that. How many kids do you have? I have two and one on the way. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And how old are the ones that you have already? 18 months and eight years old. Okay. Yeah. So they haven't gotten phobic yet about the camera. <laughs> no, the eight-year-old has. Yeah, the eight-year-old has. Uh, she, she often, you know, I pull at it. Uh, thank, thankfully, a lot of cameras now have silent mode or, you know, film cameras are pretty, pretty quiet. So she doesn't hear the shutter. So sometimes she'll kind of pose or kind of knows I'm taking the shot. If she can hear the shutter, she'll pose for a second and then she's off. You know, okay. my eight-year-old doesn't like posing too much. My young one, though. She's funny. She, I can tell she's going to be in a photography. She knows how to hold it. She says cheese. She picks up our phone and points it at us and says cheese. She picks up a camera. She may be pointing it at herself, but she picks it up like she's going to take a picture. And I have hopes for her. I think she's going to, she's going to really like it. I think at a young age, it'll be fun. You know, it's amazing to think about from the very beginning, there is an awareness of photography and cameras that I don't think ever came to mind when I was a kid. I mean, the camera was around, but it was this thing that only my dad was allowed to touch, right? Yeah, yeah. And that it only came out on like special occasions. And now it's this ubiquitous thing that is around everywhere all the time. All the time. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what the kids who are growing up now with that, you know, yeah, what the relationship to cameras and photography is going to be. I mean, a lot of people can say a lot of negative things about it, but I think it's it's nevertheless kind of interesting to see how that's sort of sh- shaping how they see pictures. Yeah, and how they see the world, and yeah, and I think in, and I'm setting an example. My wife is setting an example, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. I mean, I have four photo albums when I, you know, from my childhood, and my daughter's now. They have actually, we do print out our photos, but I mean, they have thousands and thousands of photos. I mean, it would fill up, you know, so to compare my childhood and photography and what they're going to have available, their life is definitely documented thoroughly. (laughs) So as you said, mentioned, you know, this idea uh, can take a lot of time because, you know, coordinating them and now that it's sort of branching out into its own affiliates in different, different cities. Tell me about the challenges of it growing and you know the demands it makes on your makes on your time because you're still out there making a living raising kids you know maintaining a marriage and then there's this thing that you made this beast yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i'm i love it though so yeah you're right what it has done is provided all sorts of confusing ways to go forward um You know, actually, as of two days ago, actually, as of yesterday, we just picked up our first sponsor for our San Diego chapter. And what's funny is every other chapter has a sponsor. It has a local, and that's something I haven't touched on, but the way we build these chapters is a lead is interested. They need to get a local sponsor, which is usually a camera store. And together, those chapters are kind of run in that way. Um, They hold each other accountable to keep it going. Mm -hmm. Um, But in San Diego, it's just me. So, you know, we've come this far and I still don't have a a sponsor. And so we just picked one up and really excited about it. And it's going to be really great for our brand. But the challenges that we have, A, takes a lot of time to just do the basic meetups and to do the planning. But now we have this whole business side that's kind of evolving and these opportunities that are coming our way. And they're great, and I'm saying yes to them. I'm being a little choosy about some, but I'm generally yeah, embracing yeah. it. 
And we also have a membership program that we launched in for San Diego, which is one of those things that we're doing to attract some of the more of the novice photographers. If you can you know, become a, an official member and you have extra meetups that you can go to, you have ex- workshops like this Sunday. I mean, this Saturday, we have a workshop with Sony who's bringing camera gear. Oh, okay. To learn how to shoot in a, um, a restaurant space, shoot food, shoot environmental portraits. Um, and we have discount codes that we offer to those folks. And it's kind of a pilot program here in San Diego. But our intention is to hopefully be able to spread that out to the different chapters and have kind of like make BNC your lifestyle, pay an annual fee. You get to do all these other photo walks and workshops. Okay. If you don't want to do that, the community is still growing in your city. Just attend the meetups and you're good to go. So it's kind of like that extra layer we want to add. Is asking the people who want to start one in their own cities, asking them to get a sponsor, does that sort of help weed out the people who say, oh, I want to do this, but may not necessarily follow through? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, you're 100% right. It's easy. I get every day, I mean, I, 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 multiple times a day, I get people asking me, oh, one in Chicago, when, when is one coming to Austin? When is New York? When is, and that's great. Thing is, I don't know these folks. They may be fine people. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say you want to start something. And then when you realize how much work it actually takes, if you give up, if they give up on it a month later, that makes everybody look kind of bad and that doesn't exactly. help anybody. Right. So that that's the reason we don't have 55 chapters. You know, we're, we're building it slower than we anticipated because we realize we really need to build smartly and work with people that we can we can work with. I don't know that are going to be responsible and and are as passionate about it as we are. Was the when the first person approached you that you actually did do it with? You just mentioned some concerns. In, but, you know, how did you sort of feel about it? Did you feel like, no, I want to sort of keep this to myself because I have control over it? Or did you say, mm, this might be a good thing? You know, what, what was the thoughts that went through your head? And how did you kind of resolve whatever issues you might have had? I think initially I probably thought, hey, that would be cool. I mean, you really want to do this? Like, you also feel you have a belief, you know, you believe in this. And then immediately it's, but wait, how? I don't want to lose control of this. This is still our baby. If you're running this in a different city, I don't have any purview as to what goes down. Are you going to be responsible? Are people going to drink and drive? Are you going to have underage people there? I mean, there's all these concerns that go through your head. Oh, yeah. Um, are you going to be taking work on and um, under our our name when I'm not aware of it? And then people are going to start associating, you know, maybe potentially bad work or not fulfilling on jobs as if like it has something to do with the beers and cameras, the BNC mm-hmm. brand, but it, it was just really him going off on a tangent, doing their own thing. It, all these random ideas come, came into my head. Of course. Okay. Yeah. But I was, but, but I was excited about it initially. <laughs> and then I kind of <laughs> settled down like, wait a minute, you know? No. So I'm just wondering, so what, what sort of safeguards did you, did you sort of design into it? Be, besides asking them to get a sponsor to sort of, you know, increase the likelihood that it doesn't get, go in a direction that you'd prefer it not to? Um, one of the main things we did was request or require that you have a sponsor. That's a, a, a good business. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is we, we set up an agreement with the business and then that lead is kind of more the boots on the ground, but the business is who we run things through, who we kind of um, leverage for marketing and who, if we want to charge any fees, who will pay the fees, let's say, or who will give us some sort of discount or whatever agreement we come up with. Right. And also we have some agreements. They're not, you know, I'll be honest with you, we have an attorney who's working on something a little more substantial. <laughs> but um, we, do have, we set up agreements with them. But just having a business and, a, and another individual working together 
um, I think helps keep them accountable. I don't know. And kind of in, in, in going. So yeah, um, there's other safeguards I think that we put into place. I'm trying to think of what they were. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. So the Instagram accounts are all run by me still. You still, uh, okay. see, we still own those. They're kind of our business card. They're kind of our face, right? So we do give them access to it, but at the end of the day, basically 90% of the posts that are on any of our chapters are, are, are actually posted by us. So we still own the Instagram accounts and right. the Facebook pages, for example. So tell me, how do, how do people tell you that they found out about BNC in the first place and, and end up coming to the first event? It depends. Um, once Take started getting involved, for example, that was one, one avenue that we, we, uh, we heard people hearing about us is through his YouTube videos or uh, through his social media. As we've grown, just I think naturally, perhaps through Instagram, we've, we've kind of risen on the explore or the analytics of it have kind of made people more aware of our posts. I also reach out. So for the camera store is a perfect example. Um, they came out with a t-shirt, the camera store did, mm-hmm. a new t-shirt. I, de- I sent them a private message and I said, hey, let's trade t-shirts. That's all I said. We didn't even own, we didn't even have t-shirts to trade. We didn't. <laughs> it was just, it's, this, is, this is how I work. I'm very, all these crazy ideas. I just run with it. I, my gut feeling is what I go by, I guess. Okay. And he, what happened was, uh, so Chris from the camera store, he checked us out and he responded to me and said, hey, sure. But he's like, wait, how could we start one of these things in Calgary? So he kind of did some research, I think, before he responded to me. Um, so it's things like that. It's just being open to communicating with, with people. Um, using photography as, as kind of that vehicle mm-hmm. to kind of open the doors and open up the conversation. So what was it like for you to go to Calgary, to go to that BNC chapter? Considering it, that you had started it, you were accustomed to, you know, what happens down in San Diego. And here you are going to another country to experience something that was just an idea just a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, not even. Well, it'll be two years in November. So it was. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing it since January. No, February 2nd. So okay. almost a year. So it was more like a 13 months into it. Oh, they, wow. They took yeah. It on, yeah. It was amazing. It was very, well, first of all, it was really cold. And so that was one of the first <laughs> environmental factors was one thing I had to deal with. Um, but what was amazing was to, to meet these folks that I've, again, just seen on YouTube mm-hmm. and are so enthusiastic about photography and, and really produce high quality videos, uh, meeting them in person and getting to know them and hanging out with them. And I'm kind of kicking myself like, what am I doing in Calgary? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not a professional photographer. I'm not anything. I just am really passionate about what we built here in San Diego. They share that they see something in it and they wanted to, to build that in that community in their city. Going to their first meetup was amazing. They had 85 people show up and we packed the, the room. It was, we were overflowing. Wow. Yeah. And then they've had a really successful run. They meet up every two weeks and they consistently have a really good turnout. And partially, it's not all beers and cameras. Partially, it's the people that obviously that lead that chapter and our affiliation with the camera store because they're you know a really yeah. popular store in Calgary. So that's of course one of the main reasons why that one works. As much as I love YouTube as a resource for learning new things, I spend way too much time filtering through a lot of garbage content in order to find that one gem that gives me just what I need. Yes, it may be free, but how many hours have I wasted clicking around trying to find the needle in that haystack? LinkedIn Learning provides me the one destination for learning about photography, videography, audio, business, and so much more, and all in one place. 
Now incorporating content from lynda.com, of which I've already been a fan for years, I can find videos from top-notch instructors who really know what they're talking about. I've been using it recently to get up to date on the new updates to Photoshop and Lightroom. And now you can take advantage of this great resource for free for 30 days. Discover more about exposure, lighting, your new digital camera, or learn how to better market and manage your business. It's all there. No hidden charges or upsells. Access all the courses you want, all for one monthly price. Learn from anywhere on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. If you've got a special deal for you, you can get a free 30-day trial with LinkedIn Learning today by visiting linkedin.com forward slash candid. That's linkedin.com slash candid, all lowercase. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So, uh, as you mentioned, you're going to be celebrating an anniversary next week. So, tell right. me about what you have uh, in mind for that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I've been planning that today. Yeah, <laughs> that's how busy I've been. We were just in Phoenix launching the Phoenix chapter this weekend with Steve Huff. Is that with Steve Huff? Yeah, yeah uh-huh. uh, which is another person. Again, these these folks that I, I follow on YouTube and, and read read their articles online, and then one day I meet them. You know, and it's kind of surreal that I'm connecting all these folks. Uh, through beers and cameras, which is really one of the, I think the, the biggest accomplishments I think as a group that we have is the fact that we've connected so many influencers, I guess you could say, right. in this community that are respected and we're sharing this this endeavor. So for we were just in Phoenix and I'm finally kind of have time to focus on something else and, and we're realizing, hey, it's our second anniversary. So today I I coordinated with a brewery locally here that we love and we're trying to get them to the last little piece is just them having our beer on tap at that brewery. Oh, okay. You know, because they can do that. So uh, the beer that we taste tonight at tonight's little shindig hopefully will be on tap for our anniversary. And we're going to announce our um, our collaboration with the the sponsor, our sponsor that okay. we finally picked up. I don't know if I could say it here if it matters to you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's actually with Camera West. And they um, they own the Walnut Creek store. They own the Leica store in San Francisco, and they own the store in Rancho Mirage. And so, kind of um, a higher end boutique store. I met I met the marketing guy Ben, and we hit it off. And we everybody in our group uses their products anyway. <laughs> and and you know, and we we I think we set up a good collaboration. I think it's going to be really good for for us and yeah. for everybody in general. So I know you may not have thought, you know. What this may look like five years from now, maybe have, maybe haven't. But I'm going to throw it out anyway. You know what? 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 What do you imagine, and what would you like to imagine that this t- thing turns into? I'll say that I hope that it turns into having eight to ten core chapters that we still run, kind of like the day in day out stuff for, with almost more um, with a, a pop up floating kind of traveling chapter uh, meetup group that we do. You know, so maybe more. A traveling, we will take folks from one community and we'll go up the coast of California and we'll have, we'll stop along the way and do little meetups along the way mm-hmm. until we get to one of our chapters where we'll have another meetup and then we'll fly back or, you know, kind of a, that scenario would be nice. Having the chapters, the various chapters also having their own membership programs um, would be great, I think. We work with brands already and if uh, there's ways to work with them at, at a level that really uh, explain this kind of can help pay for <laughs> some of our time and expense that yeah. we spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would, that'd be kind of great. 
Um, but I think the community is on a good on a good track. Having more chapters in Europe would be awesome. Getting to travel to these more often would be great. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Maybe a YouTube channel. I think people expect that. A pot? No, no podcast. I'm not. I don't have that sultry <laughs> voice that you have. Um, and that's a that's a lot of work too. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are the the cities that are uh, so many now? Things. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, zine. I want to do a zine. We want to do a magazine. We want to. Uh, we want to be a distribution company, perhaps bringing in products that people don't hear about and getting them in the hands of um, our community. You know, an easy yeah. way to get things from like Europe. We work with Cozy Speed, getting those bags in. It goes on and on. I have a million ideas. Sorry, what was your question? So, what are the cities where you have active chapters right now? So as of today, we have San Diego, which is the main one. Um, we have Los Angeles, which started about a month ago. That's kind of a new one. We have Phoenix, which started last weekend. And so Phoenix is sponsored by Steve Huff and led by Steve Huff. And the LA is Adam Aki. He's actually one of the senior editors at F-Stoppers. In Sacra- for Sacramento, which is another chapter, it's sponsored by the Darkroom Lab, which is a film developing company here in San Clemente and led by Trev Lee, who's a fantastic film photographer. In Calgary, it's by the, the folks of the camera store, and their employees actually are the leads for that chapter. Okay. And they kind of take turns, I think five of them, it's, and they're a great bunch of people. And then in the UK, Hamish Gill, uh, if you're familiar with him, he has he's a really popular film photography blog, multiple websites. He sponsored a really small chapter in Worcester. That is the current lineup. So it's Sacramento, LA, San Diego, the UK and Calgary and Phoenix. We're starting Seattle in probably January, February timeframe. We have somebody in mind who's reached out. Who's, she will be awesome at it. And we, uh, New York is one that we probably launched with two chapters because New York is so large. Right. And that's one of the most requested chapters is New York. Chicago, potentially. Seattle and New York, pretty much for sure in 2018. And London, actually, is, is shaping to, we have a person that has attended one of the ones in Worcester with Hamish mm-hmm. and he wants to bring it to the bigger city of London. And we've, we need to do a Skype call like this, you know, just the time difference is kind of throwing things off. Oh yeah. I know that's something I know a lot about. Yeah. So I think for 2018, I think that's it. And then I'm going to probably reach, there's Austin that could start. I mean, there's so many cities, there's Portland that I would love to start and Denver, but it's going to get to the point where I can't manage it all. You know, and I really need a, to, to, to delegate some responsibility. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's something I wish I'd figured out way, way back. You know, because for the longest time, I was just doing stuff all by myself. And, you know, getting help is, is definitely needs to be part of the plan. So, yeah, that, just that reaffirming will, that, that for you. It, it's so true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's, it's me letting go a little bit. Yeah, but it seems like you, you're going in with a, a good sense in terms of what you need to do in order to, uh, you know, to, to, to ensure the integrity of what you're doing. Right. You know, and I think that's really important to always have that in the forefront of your mind because you know, you know best what you want it to be and what it needs to be. And there'll be, there'll be countless of people who are going to suggest to you, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should try this, you should do that. And I've learned that you really have to stay true to what you, what your heart's telling you in terms of what you want it to be. That's the way I felt about this show. Because if I had listened to half the people who made suggestions to me of what I should be doing, I don't know if I'd still be doing it. Because it would have right. turned into something else completely different than what I wanted. So Right. Yeah. What we're doing right now at this point is, is it, it, it makes sense to me. And I stand behind everything we've done so far. 
so you're right. If I didn't believe in it, or if I was trying to be, do something that's somebody else's idea that I'm not quite sure is good for our brand, it probably wouldn't be a success and I'd probably hate it. Yeah. Um, that aspect about what we're working on. Yeah. My wife does help me a lot. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't forget the <laughs> message, man. I can't forget her. No, she's integral part. I mean, without her, this wouldn't be possible, literally. Uh, so I want to make sure I get that in there because I have <laughs> yeah, You don't want to sleep in the doghouse for the next month. No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last question that I ask each guest is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore on their own. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? Oh, man, that's a hard one because I've met so many amazing photographers in person and obviously follow them online. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say my buddy Pachola Francisco. Okay. He is the, the, and I, he's an amazing street photographer, documentary style. He goes by right index finger on Instagram. And I love his, I cannot do street. I'm not a street photographer. He is a, I, I think he's a, he's literally one of my favorite street photographers. What he, I hang out with him and what he captures, I didn't see. I didn't visualize. I don't know where he got it from. And I walked past the same thing, you know, and that, that always makes me pretty um surprised and i'm not standing like wow you saw that i i we, we were just there i didn't see you i thought you grabbed that moment you know yeah um and he's also one of the, the founders you know he he's the first guy me and him were the first ones to start meeting up and he's been there he's only missed maybe two meetups ever and we've had 53 because wow. it's every two weeks right so you do yeah, the math heads yeah. up so i would say my buddy Pachola francisco um, right index finger on and, Instagram. And for people who want to follow you on Instagram and, uh, what's, what's the, uh, BNC Instagram handle. <laughs> so it's, it's at beers and cameras and all the chapters, um, start with at beers and cameras underscore Phoenix's PHX underscore LA is Los Angeles. And it goes on from there. Okay. But and beers and cameras is the main, is the main channel and our member channel uh, Instagram handle is bruising cameras. So that kind of covers beer, coffee, because we do a lot of coffee meets and photo walks. So that's kind of where that came from. And for people who are maybe in the Southern California area who might want to attend the anniversary. The, the, Is this before the anniversary? Yeah. yeah. So where can they find yeah. out about that? Um, through Instagram, we will definitely post about it and our website, which is www.beersandcameras.com. And you can kind of find under uh, the San Diego chapter. It'll have the schedule right there. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. It really had a pleasure talking with you and find out more, and hopefully we'll be uh, connecting real soon. Oh, I would really love that. I really would. Thanks to Juan for sharing his time and his story with us. To find out more about Beers and Cameras, go to beersandcameras.com. And remember, I'll be in San Antonio, Texas for 4x5 Photo Fest on November 18th, conducting two live interviews for the Candid Frame. And in December, I'll be attending the Miami Street Photography Festival, where I'm conducting a masterclass. To find out more, click on the links in the show notes. And thank you for your continued support of the Candid Frame. We are close to releasing 400 episodes, and I would love to see a host of five-star reviews to help promote the show before then. If you haven't already, please take the time today to write a review in the iTunes store. Your ratings and comments help people to discover the great conversations that we offer here at TCF. Thanks to Ashani Shiab and RGB Podcast from the U.S. and Vincent from France for their five-star reviews. 
You can also support the show by making a monthly contribution through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash the candid frame, or you'll find a link in the show notes and the candid frame website. Or if you just want to make a one-time contribution to the show, you can do so via PayPal by clicking on the donate button on the candid frame website or the show notes. To access our complete archive of interviews, download the free candid frame app available for Apple iOS and Android. Not only will you immediately receive the latest episode on your phone or tablet, but you can also easily share your favorite episodes on your social networks and help spread the word. And if you want to drop me a line with comments or suggestions for the show, you can email me directly from the app. Download it today by clicking on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com, the show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker, and our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at Incompetech.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simply at IbadianX. And this is IbadianX, and this is The Candid Frame.